0: What's up, everybody? I'm Damon Hatfield, and this is your Gamescom 2021 edition of GameScoop. Before we get to some new games, the Epic Games Store is also celebrating Gamescom 2021 with a dedicated hub for tons of the games featured. At the hub, you'll be able to wishlist your favorite titles to receive regular updates from Epic, and you can find it all at epicgames.com store slash events slash gamescom, or just follow the in-store messaging, which sounds much simpler. All right, now joining me to help dig into the biggest and best out of Gamescom so far, please welcome Tina Amini, Sam Claiborne, and Kat Bailey. Hello, up, v. Gates. Hi everybody? I'm sorry? I said, hello, V. Gates. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> That's oh some my gosh. German.
0: Uh, this is not, we're not even in Germany. Uh, maybe next year. So there's lots, uh, we're gonna start talking about some of the, the big news drops uh, out of Gamescom, which there were a few. We're gonna talk about the game reveals that stuck out to us, both AAA and some of the indie games that look cool to us. and then. As I always like to do after a big show like this when we get a lot of release dates, we'll take a look at the upcoming video game release calendar because uh, there's been some movements, some things have been shifted around, and some new, some new entries have popped up on the big board. So, let's begin with the, uh, the biggest, I think there's a, a duo of big news hits out of Gamescom. Halo Infinite got a release date. So did Horizon Forbidden West, but it was also a delay in mm-hmm. effect. So, uh, Halo Infinite is finally coming December 8th.
2: As promised.
0: Well, it's coming. To, it's coming in 2021. Yes, it's under exactly. the wire, right? As promised right?
2: in December. Yeah. At but at year, what yeah. cost? <laughs> I mean, they're delaying the co-op campaign. campaign. Co-op campaign. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, yeah. So delayed campaign, co-op, delayed forge, mm-hmm. uh, and we still have not got an update on what the campaign looks like or is, right? Mm-hmm.
3: Um, they said it was kind of an open-world, seamless kind of affair. Yeah. That's why they said that campaign co-op was delayed, was because they had it was much more difficult to implement co-op because it was such more of an open-ended affair, right? Mm-hmm. So they needed more time to work on it, It's much less linear. So that's, I think, a very important clue as to what to expect.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, I was just thinking about when it was sort of unveiled last year, uh, there was some disappointment. You know, a lot of people looked at it, myself included, were like, that doesn't really look like a next-gen game to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they like, they delayed the game, but then we came through E3 this year, no update on the campaign, and now there are big Gamescom uh, showing of it. Still no updates. Got a release date, but I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. I don't know if I should be excited for it yet. Mm-hmm. Tina, you reviewed Halo 5, right?
2: I did, yeah, yeah. and I'm a long-standing Halo fan. So when I saw the E3 demonstration of some of the gameplay that a lot of people like, admittedly didn't look next-gen in the way that we're expecting because we've just entered into this new console generation, Mm -hmm. so it's top of mind for everybody. Like, how can we bring Halo to the next level? What is that gonna look like? How is that going to play? Mm -hmm. But as that long-standing Halo fan, honestly, I'm just sort of excited to jump back into the world and the same mechanics, the, the tried and true stuff, but you know, to, to their uh, to their own struggles, everybody's struggles this year. I think a lot of the delays that people are experiencing or, you know, the development struggles are both because of this this new sort of new genre for Halo, but also just working in the pandemic, like everybody's been impacted sure. by it. And I have to imagine some of that uh, has to do, some of these delays and, and uh, some of the, the pushes have to do with a little bit of uh, the struggles of work from home.
0: Sure, sure, of course. Sam, I know you're a big Halo fan. How are you feeling yeah. about Infinite?
2: So I actually got a little bit hyped
1: by the trailer that was shown uh, for, it was technically a multiplayer trailer. It's sure. kind of setting up the kind of world of, uh, that the multiplayer is gonna take place in. But what I really like about Halo is the universe. I love the universe building. And what this did was kind of show how long Spartans have been around. Cause there's like a little kid that grows up to become uh, basically a Spartan trainee, a trainer. It's really, really cool to think like, oh, you, you know, there's generations of Spartans, and this game is about training a new generation of Spartans. That means you know we get new tech and everything. But I like that that's all fit into the history of Halo, and like it also makes me like really want to go back and be like, you know, uh, there's there's old school like kind of like retro crummy Spartans, and that's what they're showing here. <laughs> and then we're gonna you know, see the new ones, and like I just I just I nerd out over that stuff. You know, like some of the Spartans I show here, like that's what they looked like in in, in Halo. Combat of all,
0: mm-hmm. you know? sure. it's
1: just, I, I love that, that it spans a history
0: in the world. Yeah. So December 8th, hopefully no more delays for Halo. Uh, but as I mentioned, there was a delay for Horizon Forbidden West, uh, which we've suspected for a while now. There have been reports about that, but finally confirmed by uh, PlayStation. Uh, it's coming now, uh, February 18th, I want to say, 2022. That's my dad's birthday.
1: <laughs> Happy, birthday. Happy birthday, Mr. Hatfield.
0: <laughs> I think the last video game he probably played was Galaga. Mm-hmm. So right. I don't know if he's planning to play Horizon Forbidden West or not.
3: Well, let's know. It's no, they're very similar games. They're very, right. very
0: similar. Yeah, Natural be
2: able to just progression. Jump right in. Exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I don't know. Were, were you, since this had been rumored to be coming for long, was this was the delay a surprise to anyone?
2: Not at all. No. Yeah. Okay. I mean, maybe in this sort of setting as an announcement, you know, because it was right. set up as like, here's an exciting announcement, which surely, you know, release dates and the anticipation mm-hmm. around yeah. that stuff, of course, that's always exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't expecting that little bit of news coming in um, at ONL, but certainly expecting the delay just based on all the rumors that we've been reporting on, too. Sure, sure.
3: It's a tough one for Sony because... Now that means that Death Stranding Director's Edition or Director's Cut is mm-hmm. the only one that's going to be their big exclusive for the fall, whereas Microsoft is going to have Halo Infinite and Forza Horizon 5. Exactly. You know? And Halo Infinite, I think that having the free-to-play multiplayer right there is going to be a great shout for people to be able to play because, mm-hmm. like, it, whatever matters, it's that Halo Infinite's multiplayer still stands tall after 20 years and people are going to be into it, you know, mm-hmm. they can just jump right in and it's gonna have healthy player counts and everything. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's a great one-two punch for the holiday season for Xbox. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it's a strange situation. Like you said, uh, Mm -hmm. two big exclusives uh, for Xbox and nothing for PlayStation. Now, in all fairness, PlayStation doesn't typically. nothing,
3: there's good third party games.
0: Oh no, (laughs) you're right, you're right. Uh, Nothing in terms of a first party game. But out of that competitive console war
1: thing, like I imagine the pressure was so on to get this game out this fall. So, you know, on a positive note, like having more time, doing it right, you know, uh, uh, giving the developers a chance to finish their vision at a a pace that works for them. Like that's all really good. I just think like there's the side of me that's a fan that's just like, yeah, I'm not gonna play a giant open world game this fall with uh, robot elephants in it, yeah. mastodons, <laughs> like that's, that's a little disappointing, but you well, know like I can c- wait till that.
3: Cyberpunk should have been delayed, again. Okay.
1: Exactly. it just wasn't
3: ready yeah. but people are like get it out get it out we want to mm-hmm. play it and then
2: mm-hmm. it's like everybody's like what's what's broken this game's broken not ready to go yeah, yeah you can't have it both ways and yeah. uh, you know i think ultimately exactly. there's a lot of implications wrapped up in these deals often too or you know specific calendar you know release quarters that people want to get out into revenue goals that they need to hit so there's there's a lot to kind of consider when it comes to release dates and that pressure is very real but mm-hmm. you know i think ultimately at the end of the day every gamer probably uh, you know speaking for myself at the very least i much rather everybody take their time and, of and do the due diligence to, mm-hmm. to see their vision realized, as you guys were just saying.
0: Of course. And PlayStation doesn't typically, at least in recent years, the past generation, have a big holiday release. You know, God of War, Last of Us Part 2, Horizon, uh, Uncharted 4, they're all spring, spring. releases. Yeah, they like, do like
3: spring. to own that kind of window, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Yeah. games like Returnal still very, very good, and mm-hmm. should get a second win in the holiday mm-hmm. season.
0: That's true.
1: I yeah. don't think there's any reason that people are going to be, like, less excited to buy PS5s this fall. Mm-hmm. So, it's like if, if, you know, in order to sell PS5s generally think all exclusives are necessary. There are a few exclusives, and there's plenty of reasons to get a PS5, and people really want them, and they're really hard to get. So, I don't think, like, the, the arc of, like, you know, getting PS5s is going to change. Unfortunately, it's going to be really difficult. Still.
2: Surely that was it. You know, there's not enough PS5s out there, so yeah, let's sure just wait. we don't feel pressured to release yeah. on that on that Schedule yeah. anymore. Aren't you
1: relieved <laughs> if you don't have a PS5? PS5, your go. friends aren't going to yeah. be playing
2: this game. Hold all the games. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: mind-blowing such a twisted view, I love it. That it's actually
3: outpacing the sales mm-hmm. of the PS4, yeah. which is one of the best selling consoles yeah. That time. I mean, yeah,
2: That's quite a track record to yeah. topple. Mm-hmm.
0: It's just been a long time, I think, since Xbox had two big exclusives mm-hmm. and Sony didn't have something right. up, yeah. around the same time.
2: Yeah, well. it seems like they're certainly going to own that part of the season. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a, a PS5 patch out now for Horizon Zero Dawn, mm-hmm. uh, which I think makes a very good looking game even better looking. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, right now playing Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut, and I was recently playing the PS5 update for uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. Um, they just released one for Assassin's Creed Odyssey, so I'm just. my point is, uh, it is like nice to revisit these mm-hmm. games that are a few years old now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're now getting PS Five updates, and, and some of them for Xbox Series X. Sam, I know you were a big fan of Horizon Zero Dawn. You, you finished it, beat this one. Yeah, I finished it. I, I mean, I, I it
1: always gets compared to Breath of the Wild. So like, I'm in yeah. this like tough situation where like I had a, a life changing experience with Breath of the Wild, and I wanted to finish Horizon. You know, like I, I got through it. But what I liked about Horizon that other games don't have is that it had these like kind of Boss fighty um, areas with like dinosaurs you didn't have to kill you didn't have to go out and kill all these robot dinosaurs but like you could get to the point where like I think I can take that one on now and then go up out there and do it that's my favorite type of like risk reward exploration
0: sure and so I like that about it mm-hmm. so my question is you've been revisiting Breath of the Wild recently yeah. will you <laughs> revisit Zero Dawn I
1: don't think I need to I think I can wait and get the the, the good experience with the the new game sure. It's a big game too. It's a very big game. here. And now I do love seeing how the PlayStation 5 uh, handles stuff. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it is cool to see the upgraded games. Like God of War, like amazing. Yeah. It looked amazing. Yeah. So that's it's something I, sometimes I like to nerd out with a new TV and a new PS5. But mm-hmm. I, there's enough games, as you mentioned,
0: to sure. see this one. Tina, Cat, any plans to revisit Zero Dawn?
3: I don't think so, but I think that one thing that really stands out to me is maybe last generation they would have released an actual back packaged copy called Horizon Zero Dawn, Remastered, 60 mm-hmm. FPS now. Mm-hmm. Like and they're doing that certainly with Death Stranding Director's Cut, but I kinda love the You know, the new trend of just really drop the 60 FPS patch. It's like, it's like a new game. This is incredible. Slightly quietly too. And watching the trailer of Death Stranding, or sorry, of Horizon Zero Dawn in 60 FPS. Oh my God, this game looks amazing. It came out four years ago and Mm -hmm. it looks as good as almost anything on the PS5. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: And that's sort of to be expected too since we're in this slightly in a transitional phase because not everybody has adopted a new console, so it makes sense that you know a lot of games are going to get that reboot, the games that can kind of sustain themselves and look as amazing as they can on, on PS5. Yes. I actually never finished uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, so Same. this is perfect for Same. me. It's the perfect excuse to jump back in and feel like it's, I'm playing a next-gen game. Yep. And I think that this once again shows how we have hit a plateau in
3: terms of graphics. Whereas four years ago, that would have been like friggin' ancient history Mm. in terms of graphics. And now you can be like, yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn, just bump up the FPS and holy cow, this looks amazing. (laughs) And meanwhile, it's standing side by side with these indie games that rely mainly on stylization or Breath of the Wild and that kind of thing. And it shows to me that more than ever, pure visual fidelity, being at the top end Matters less than we think. Huh? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's also elastic because, because PCs, right? So Horizon mm-hmm. also you know, came out in PC recently, oh, so them. it has you know, max settings on that. It's, you can see how development, development has really come around to like, we have to make multiple versions of our game, work in multiple places, and it, it just seems
0: to be easier than ever to do that, to scale them. Are there any last gen games that haven't gotten a patch yet? Are you I mean, waiting
3: for it? And at this point, it feels like a lot of the big sure. ones have already mm-hmm. gotten there. We're getting GTA 5 in the holiday mm-hmm. season, mm-hmm. so we're pretty much getting caught
2: up. Skyrim, yeah. yeah Yet really. again. <laughs> <laughs> Yet what's, again. What's the
0: status of Red Dead? Awesome. Uh, oh yeah, I was gonna mention mm. that one. I don't think that one's got a uh, yeah. Yeah. next-gen patch.
2: They've mostly been GTA-focused. Yeah. yeah,
1: so that would be, I mean, that game is already one of the most beautiful games, right. one of the best experiences I've ever had playing a game in my life, and I would absolutely go back to that on a next-gen mm-hmm. system. Yeah,
0: for sure. I'm in the same boat as Tina. I I didn't ever finish uh, Horizon Zero Dawn the first time around, so I should probably go back and give it another chance, uh, especially with this patch out. It's just, like I said, there's all these other games that have gotten patches (laughs) that I'm I'm currently in progress of playing through. Have you been able to
1: look and see if you can grab your save and and bring it over? I haven't seen it. For what? for For this. Yeah, grab
0: the PS4 save Mm. and then play it. Well, I mean, it's not a PS5 exclusive, so you should be able to with Yeah, Yeah. plus it's been just a patch. Four years. Five, four years since I played it, so yeah. I probably just start. Just start yeah, start that's start? where I'm at, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, well, it then I might just catch
2: myself back up, play from the yeah, start. Yeah, that should be fine.
1: <laughs> I, li- I do like using a guide to get yeah, back into play a, play a play game
2: sometimes. It's
0: yeah. fun. Yeah. Okay, we've got to take a quick break right now, but we'll be back with more GameScoop, and a little later on, Gamescom Studio continues with even more coverage, trailers, and reveals around some of the biggest games on the horizon. Oh. Stay tuned. <laughs> Welcome back to this special episode of GameScoop. I like to think they're all special. Right here on Gamescom Studio Live, I'm Damon, along with my friends Tina, Kat, and Sam, and we're ready to keep talking about the biggest gaming news of Gamescom. So let's do just that. Um, saints Row, it's being rebooted. We knew it was happening. Uh, we got a, a, a nice long trailer, cinematic trailer, um, and then just a, the briefest little snippet of gameplay, but it's a full reboot, new city, new team of saints. Uh, no, I don't think there are any re- returning characters, but uh, we. It's uh, Ryan McCaffrey uh, got some eyes on the actual game. So think they're dialing it back a little bit to Saints Row the Third, which is a game I really, really liked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we should expect open world, uh, urban uh, action adventure game. So definitely have something, you know, a frame of reference to expect. But I guess my question is, who is excited? If anyone, what do we think? Saints Row the it's just been a long time since there's yeah. been a Saints Row game that I was excited about. I'd like to be excited about this.
2: That's a good way of putting it. I'd like to be excited about it, too. I mean, you know, obviously difficult to tell because this is like this... You know, over the despite the fact that it's a reboot, getting a little bit more grounded. um, McCaffrey actually did say in his uh, preview that it's still an over-the-top arcadey crime sandbox. So not, you know, a complete removal of a lot of what the franchise has become. But yeah, difficult to see. uh, While you can see some of that nature, some of the crazy over-the-top nature with all the you know the cars spinning midair and crashing into things, and everybody still surviving somewhat magically. um, Difficult to see between that. To see what it's actually going to look like or play, yeah. um, play as. And to your point about characters, Damon, since you mentioned it, uh, McCaffrey did confirm that the you know characters that we're familiar with won't be there, but that there may be some Easter eggs. So yeah, there's going to be some, some sort of small of like, cameos or something.
0: Yeah, maybe uh, the other Saints games have already occurred in this world and they're mm-hmm. they're, they're known or something something like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. References yeah. that sort
2: of thing, inspiration I, to the crime vin- the crime syndicate essentially.
0: Yeah. yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm positive on this
2: one because it definitely made a good first impression
3: to me. And, I mean, if you look back at the last few years with Volition and Saints Row, it's been a kind of rough time. Agents of Mayhem was very, very bad, unfortunately. And then Volition underwent some layoffs and everything. There was a fair amount of Trim Royal. They got picked up by Deep Silver. And now they're here rebooting Saints Row. And so it's kind of like, can this be a return to form for the series? Because I definitely see a opportunity for them because i mean as everybody loves to joke the game that we grew up with gta 5 it's still here it's not going away (laughs) we don't know when we're getting gta 6 it might not be till 20 freaking 2024 right (laughs) so people are hungry for that kind of single player solo sandbox experience and meanwhile, Rockstar has shown every indication and be like, no, GTA Online, duh, makes so much money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Volition, if they do it right, depends on the execution. They can come in and
2: definitely fill a gap that mm-hmm. has been left. Yeah, that's true. Rockstar is not in any hurry right now. At the very <laughs> Why least. would they be? Come on. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I have every reason not to be.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there have been a lot of open world games that I've played in recent years, but not in like an urban criminal setting. Right, so it's stuff oh, like wow. Assassin's Creed and your Far Crys and...
1: This gave me a little bit of Crackdown vibes, too. Like, sure. some kind of, like, you know, uh, super-powered superhero. I mean, it's not superhero stuff, but it's, like, these big weapons that are kind of fantasy things. It's just, it's interesting. Oh, we're already on Far Cry. I don't know if this is our cue to talk about <laughs> Far Cry. But. Well, what's interesting is that, what, now we're back on it. Uh, I was going to point this out. The setting is all in a, like, you know, southwest region. So, like, they, they show, like, this is outside. They show dinosaurs, which are outside of L.A. They show kind of a Death Valley area. And they show, like, high desert that's supposed to look like Arizona between, like, Las Vegas and Phoenix, kind of, and I think that means there'll be, like, some pretty p- good potential for environments, like, mm-hmm. like Grand Canyon, Hoover Dam, like, things like that, which that's what excites me about an open world game, is when you get out of the urban parts, and, like, you know, I, I'm not a huge GTA fan, but I really like it when you're, like, out in the mountains, and there's, like, you know, a mission about Bigfoot and stuff like that. Like those are my favorite parts of the GTA. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that in mm-hmm. exploration wise. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, uh, Sam, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, GTA 5 was based in California, basically. And mm-hmm. so it's a similar vibe. And I wish that they would go for a somewhat different setting. Like yeah. give me some snow. I've been saying for years, make GTA Fargo. Hello. <laughs> well,
1: that is smart.
3: Big open Midwestern vibes with yeah. creepy cornfields
1: and aliens. Oh, yeah. I love it. Now, <laughs> GTA like- 5 started in snow, and there is an alien in the <laughs> ice so they can just expand on that yeah, be like yeah Easter, they right? set
2: the formula yeah true. Yeah. Sure. one cool thing about the environment too is that um McCaffrey alludes to this in his preview but You should be able to build, like, around your properties. And then, um, Mm. you know, he he made reference to uh, the characters and each of them seem to have, like, different specialties, different abilities. So I'm really interested in how that plays out and if you can actually kind of invest more in one territory over another. It's kind of unclear right now, but it seems like there's good potential there for some extra world building that you have your own hand in.
0: Yeah. I don't know. So, like, the first two Saints Row games have their fans, but they're much closer to GTA clones. (laughs) Um, and then the Saints Row the Third is where the series really came into its own and felt like it was something unique and special and GTA kind of bounces back and forth between seriousness and silliness and Saints Row III was just we're just gonna go all in on the silliness and that really worked for it and then Saints Row Four was supposed to be an expansion of three but they tried to just build it out into its own thing and it felt like a copy and paste thing it was too similar even though you had superpowers now it was the exact same character creator the exact same oh. uh, same map and everything. So. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit too much, and then there was the God of Hell expansion. They're trying to squeeze even more out of Saints Row the Third, and then they did the Agents of Mayhem expansion, which nobody was asking for. It was just kind of like, in the end, as Cap mentioned, didn't work at all. So I don't know. Now the rebooting is like, okay, maybe, maybe it'll work. I hope so. I just, I don't know. Did, should this be called Saints Row? Does it feel like what is there's called. something that's connected? <laughs> if it's there's like there
1: like something of... connecting it besides the Easter eggs you mentioned? Like I don't well, know the series, so I'm just wondering. Well, you watch I mean,
3: it's this. going to have uh, similar features that were in the previous games, like mm-hmm. the insurance fraud and everything yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. So. Got it. Okay. It's like key stuff is definitely mm-hmm. coming back. It's mm-hmm. just kind of rolling back the time so that they're not in space and there's a president yeah. of Earth and all that.
0: Yeah, I remember <laughs> the president theme. Was very strange. <laughs> if it's sure. a group of low-ranking uh, criminals who are more like Robin Hood types, cri- likable, lovable criminals who are a, a gang, and they're working their way up the, the ranks of, you mm-hmm. know, the criminal organizations in the city. That's kind of what Saints Row is. Did you see John Wick was an influence? In this one? Yeah, that's what, uh, they told Ryan oh. in his preview. Well, John Wick is an influence on a lot of games. <laughs> yeah. these <days>. There are a lot of John picture. Wick-likes out there. Um, okay, I see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge up on the prompter here, so let's talk about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's how Kevin. it works. I've I've mentioned many times on GameScoop that I'm excited for this game. Kat, I think this one stood out to you as well.
3: In the year 1989, (laughs) a very young Kat Bailey used to go to an arcade called Grand Slam near my house, and I discovered this wonderful Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles beat 'em up, and it was delightful still holds a special place in my heart Mm -hmm. and this game definitely has its own vibe it does not quite look like those old konami beat-em-ups from days gone by it has a little bit of that river city girls vibe to it Mm -hmm. and honestly i'm into it you can see a lot of different references to classic 1980s tmnt in here but i love that they include april o'neill she kind of reminds me of ramona flowers from scott pilgrim especially when she is spinning with the microphone and everything it's great Um, When I was very, very young, I always had to be April when we were Mm -hmm. playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. (laughs) So, my time has come.
2: Yeah. Well, it fits the journalist track, too. (laughs) No, exactly. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) I love
0: the look of this this game. Um, But Sam, sometimes you're a little bit... You're not. You're you're a little bit harsh on the brawlers. Look, brawlers have always filled a special place. They're beautiful Mm -hmm.
1: and boring. You know what? (laughs) Like that's fine. Especially in in the late '80s, I had a very similar experience with Golden Axe and Team and Simpsons, and it was like it was all about watching that game from start to finish and being like, "Oh my gosh, this is the prettiest, coolest thing on a screen I could possibly imagine." Honestly, this gets there. Like this, I'm excited about how this game looks. I just love seeing. Uh, basically, sprite animation simulated in pixel graphics. Sure. Like, oh, look at those monkeys. Like, I love them. <laughs> they look so cool. And I really like the scene, too, with all the animals. Um, but yeah, I think like it's like I don't like walking through it once with three friends.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, that's why. That's all you do though. that's, that's
2: the purpose of brawlers—is that cooperative? Give experience.
0: yourself infinite lives or crank down the difficulty, and you just want to experience
2: infinite pizzas. You mean
0: infinite pizzas?
3: Yeah. Saturday night, get a pizza, have some drinks. Yeah, pizza. Breakout TMNT. You're having a mm-hmm. good night. Yeah, it's a that's good party how game. It is for yeah. sure.
1: It'd be nice if there was a layer like Castle Crashers had with leveling and and, Mm. complexity. Are we sure that this one won't? Because that's
3: been the direction that Brawlers. I'm just looking at the
1: overlay, and you're exactly right. And I think that, like, if we want to do an old school copy brawler, that's fine. But if if we have a kind of a next gen twist
0: on a brawler, that would get me excited. Infinite Pizza would be a really good name for a band. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) I got to mention Terror of Hemosaurus. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced. Hemosaurus, you think it is? Mm -hmm. That this is the ultimate dami game. And I wasn't even aware of it until just this, this game. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It's a Rampage-like. Uh, which, which I right, didn't know if that was a genre. Pixel art I animation. Wish. I know we don't have time to talk about it, but I ha- I just I couldn't let this segment go by without mentioning mm-hmm. it. It looks awesome, but they're, uh, okay, they're pulling it up. And I guess I'm going to wrap us up out of this one. So <laughs> we have to take a very quick break, but coming up, we've got lots more game scoop. Two more segments of scoop, plus even more footage and exclusive breakdowns of some of the biggest games of Gamescom. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to GameScoop, coming to you live from Gamescom 2021. Damon Hatfield here with Tina Amini, Sam Claiborne, and Kat Bailey. Remember, if you want to learn more about our sustainability project, Gamescom Forest, revel in some Gamescom memories or catch up on anything you may have missed, head on over to now.gamescom.global or follow Gamescom on social media. Let's jump back into the gaming goodness, shall we? Another game that was making waves at Gamescom this year is V which I think is a Pokemon-like from... Uh, Who knows?
2: <laughs> it's a many
3: games-like. It's a free-to-play MMO by the developers of Black Desert Online.
0: Black Desert Online. Pearl Abyss. Um, And it's—I think people are really, really impressed with the visuals here, which was also the case with Black Doll Children. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) What to make of it? Definitely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It definitely looks very impressive. If you're listening to this uh, in podcast form, you should definitely check out the trailer. It's called Dokev. It's spelled D-O-K-E-V, pronounced Dokev. But yeah, it's it's like—it's like—got a very cool, living sort of cartoon look to it. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. And technically, it was already revealed. I think this is probably the first time a lot of people have been introduced to it at ONL. Uh, so it was a bit of a, an outlier in terms of a lot of the other, like you know, big AAA re- titles. And then you get this cute thing. And I saw a lot of people reacting to it. Yeah. Um, so it seems like it's really catching an audience really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, we had um, a developer walk through a- around this game where they were speaking to how they wanted to create an experience that would be kind of family friendly, but also evocative of reality in the sense of like, you know, most games want to have realism. Uh, the, the, The quote in particular is they didn't want it to feel like a virtual world. They wanted it to feel like a reality. So not introducing those elements, but actually kind of trying to mimic it in almost a sim way. Um, which, you know, it, it establishes that in some territories and it feels like, you know, there's, there's like a Monster Hunter vibe, a Pokemon vibe, even an Animal Crossing vibe. Like there's just a lot going on here. Um, so it does seem like this fully realized world, like you can customize. Yeah, the the just environment and, and kind of decorate it. You can uh, go jet skiing, you can kind of like hang glide with an umbrella for whatever reason. So maybe that's got a bit of a Breath of the Wild vibe to it too, uh, just a ton going on in this yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Great vibe. I will say that based on the track record of
3: Black Desert Online, I would be a little worried about grinding mm-hmm. because that was a game that was known for being pay for convenience, where you would be paying to be able to level yourself up and everything. Love the vibe, love the graphics. Um, It's kind of like Big Hero 6 meets K-pop, which Mm -hmm. is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's enough to to at least make me want to give it a shot. It's not generic. It's not kind of the generic fantasy that Mm -hmm. Black Desert Online was. Apologies to Black Desert Online fans. But (laughs) yeah, no, we'll we'll see how it turns out. But dang, like it really, I can see why it really was making waves on social media, because especially the environments, like I love Mm -hmm. the
1: vistas. Yeah, Yeah. sometimes they pull out and just show like this huge valley with a sprawling town mm-hmm. and mountains behind. Yeah, he's like, that's...
0: Yeah, Yeah, the game looks really cool, and it, it's impressive that uh, Pearl Abyss can uh, Im- impress again with, with uh, their visuals in a completely different style from mm-hmm. Black Desert Online.
2: Yeah, it just really stood out as, like, incredibly unique um, uh, oh, yeah. alongside the rest of the lineup.
0: <laughs> Tiny cars. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, another big announcement from Gamescom this year was Midnight Suns, the long-rumored... Um, Marvel XCOM game from Firaxis, and this is a game. They're not. They're being a little cagey on what the actual gameplay is like, but you know, it's. It, we know it's going to be a tactical strategy game, where you've got a roster of Marvel heroes like Wolverine, Ghost Rider, Iron Man is in there. It's. I think it's like 12 uh, characters total, and then you, the player character, are a, a completely new Marvel hero created just for this game called the Hunter, I believe, um, that you get to customize and. You'll be going out on missions, tactical missions. Obviously, I don't think anyone's expecting this to have permadeath, but you know, (laughs) XCOM-like tactical gameplay, and then you come back to your base, where there's gonna be some sort of like a, a relationship mechanic where you can choose which heroes you want to talk to and form relationships with. I don't think it's going to get particularly romantic. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very good friends, I think was the, the quote. Best friends. Yeah. Very, the very close. That was yeah. The yeah.
3: Um,
0: so Kat, I think you had you had some thoughts on, on Midnight yeah. Suns.
3: I mean, I loved XCOM. I love XCOM and XCOM 2, and I think Firaxis is an incredible developer. The most recent XCOM was kind of like middle of the road, so we'll see. This is a very different vibe from your traditional XCOM game, because XCOM is basically like survival horror, right? You're playing all these soldiers, these terrifying aliens. You're like, what's going on? Here you're playing as superheroes. You're playing as Doctor Strange. You're playing as Iron Man. The hunter themselves are superpowered. They have light-side powers and dark-side powers. So it completely flips the script. You're the super-powerful one. You're beating mobs of enemies. They're going to have kind of a similar structure to your typical XCOM game but with the destructible environments and everything. But it's going to be very different. It won't have permadeath. Can't kill off Captain America forever. <laughs> so it's going to be really interesting to see what the gameplay looks like when it finally gets fully revealed. Yeah.
2: And they did specify like, you know, it's a tactical RPG. So there's the, you know, the, the fact that you can get close to, to some of your other super powered friends kind of impacts the gameplay. They didn't go into specifics of exactly what that would look like. I love that it's basically like Persona. Mm-hmm. Okay,
3: so you go back to your base and you can be like, I'm gonna go hang out with Wolverine. We're gonna watch TV. Oh no, Wolverine doesn't want to watch TV. What does Wolverine want curmudgeon. Do? <laughs> and depending on that, it builds up the relationship. Mm-hmm. And if it gets to the maximum level, you unlock a new costume, which has super, like a final ability that will be battlefield changing. So I'm like, oh, so they're just going full on relationship mechanics, but you're not
2: dating. Yeah. No love scenes. Maybe in the sequel. <laughs> Sam, what's your
0: read on this? You, you famously have said uh, something along the lines of "nothing, nothing is uh, more fun in turn-based, or turn-based is never more fun than real-time action."
2: Something yeah.
1: like that. Yeah, I mean, I have never played an XCOM game except for the, the Mario vs. Rabbit stuff, so I can't really speak to the gameplay, and I will try it. Um, I, I, I don't like how the Marvel characters look in this game. Mm. I think they look... I mean, I'm so I so used to MCU now that that threw me off the in problem. Avengers also. And um, I, it needs to be a comic book style or just use the, the actor's likenesses. That's where I'm at at this point, and then uh, there's some additional layers to this where I think like Wolverine looks like so like, beefy and ridiculous. And so, I, I, for some reason, that really bothers me. It's, well, and I don't know what it is. Kinda I just like don't like, like the art toy style. toy figurines
2: instead of the mm-hmm. comic books. Yeah, style they are of, like what that. if. For
1: it's, a, it's a problem. I love what if. Yeah. I love how that looks. And I love how it plays on the likenesses of the. Uh, the actors and it does its own thing, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't want. I know people love Marvel for all of its different art styles, so I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. This one does not do it. For me. If anything, they're
3: really leaning into the comics because they have some mm-hmm. deep cuts. They're bringing back Blade. who like, oh, I know it's getting a movie and everything, but they got Robbie Reyes as Ghost Rider, who drives a car like a muscle car and everything. And also uh, Doctor Strange kind of looks like their comic book form. And then like Midnight Suns itself is a storyline from like 1992 no, I was going to supernatural characters. And they're like, so why Midnight Suns? And they're like, Jake Selma was like, I really liked that story when I was growing up. <laughs> Got and it. Marvel gave us carte blanche to do whatever we wanted. Mm-hmm. And I did. And I'm like, they're really
2: leaning into the comic book vibe. Yeah. That's OK. But also slightly making it kind of their own universe, too. Yeah. Like they took some creative liberties, as far as I understand. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's actually the title has changed. It's. The game is Suns S U N S, and the comic story was Suns S O N S. So they, they made that change. Maybe they just made a mistake in
2: the graphics. <laughs> nice. Ship it. It's fine. Is it too, oh,
0: too late to change it? Okay.
1: Okay. Midnight. If you make that mistake in motion graphics, you got to just go with it. Um, what uh, uh, is Ghost Rider? Maybe at the center of a bunch of this because like everybody's head is on fire. <laughs> yes.
3: Uh, in the original comic story, ghost writer, multiple Ghost Riders were at the center of it oh, because the main villain is Lilith and one of Lilith's minions is a main Ghost Rider villain. Okay. Mm. So, I, yes, I did read the summary of Midnight Suns before the show. <laughs> uh- yeah. Nicely job. <laughs> uh,
0: we also did get an update on Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Mm-hmm. Uh, still don't have a release date, even though that game has been delayed multiple times. Yeah, it was planned for 2019 fall. I think, yeah. I think it's, now we're
2: spring 2022.
0: It's made the circuit several E3s and Gamescoms for years now. Um, but now we have a window: spring 2022. Uh, it's looking great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People love the Lego games. I love Lego Star Wars in particular. I love Lego Force Awakens. Interesting to, to see how they'll be handling nine movies in one game. Yeah, well, you know, nine levels, that makes sense. I mean, right? sure, yeah.
1: <laughs> Very long. Yeah.
0: I love how the, uh,
1: the scalability of the look of minifigs is, like, not that great. So, like, every Lego is going to look like a Lego. But, like, the backgrounds and the, and the environments and everything like, that looks, looks so great. cool. Yeah. And they look now next-gen, which is funny. Yeah.
2: Right, yeah. The juxtaposition of, like, the amazing vistas and backgrounds and then these, like, cute little blocky Lego characters. It exactly. just it fits so well. I was
3: there when it came out on the PS2 long ago, and it saved the prequels in my mind. And the reason it well, saved the prequels was because they fun. were miming them out and didn't mm-hmm. take it too seriously. And it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I had so many weird characters in there, all of whom had their own abilities. I could be playing as, you know, Django, Fett, who I usually did. And they, it was great. And I wish they didn't bring the voices. Why do they have to have voices? Oh. Just have them mime out the story, because right. you're not going to make Rise of Skywalker better with voices. <laughs> Come on.
0: <laughs> well, we'll see if it can work its same magic on the sequel trilogy. All right, it is time for one more very quick break. But we promise, I promise, I promise you so much that we're going to be right back after this. Just trust me, we'll be right back. There's more games Scoop after this. Welcome back to this very special Gamescom 2021 edition of GameScoop. Damon here with Tina, Sam, and Cat. Let's jump back into things for our final discussion For the reveals continue to roll out on Gamescom 2021. It is time, everybody, to take a look at the release calendar. Uh, after, uh, in, in the wake of, of another Gamescom, lots of new release dates uh, popped up. So let's see, let's see what we can look forward to playing over the next year. Or so. Um, the next one that's coming up is WarioWare Get It Together on September 10th. And that was a game that was just released at E3, and I, I, I feel like it's been a little bit quiet since then. But like, mm. You like, you like what the WarioWare. I'm obsessed with WarioWare. <laughs> I,
1: I, I play every WarioWare, and I think it's a very exciting thing to have happened. Uh, that's coming in September, which means that that and Metroid are basically the things I'm going to play on Switch from Nintendo this fall. I'm not really into yeah. Pokemon, so... Yeah, see what happens.
0: They're just about uh, a month apart. Um, so then, also in September, we got Death Loop, which uh, we have a, pr- a recent preview up on IGN right now. Also from Ryan McCaffrey, yeah. you guys. He's been a very, a busy, very man. busy man. Uh, and it's, it's a, he has positive impressions of the game so far. So I hope that turns out well. I really like Arcane games. Mm-hmm. Super anticipating this one. Yeah. It's so clever. Arcane
3: is really, really good. I love the vibe. Yeah. Going back mm-hmm. with the '60s Hitchcock look with some of these games. Not something you see every day in games. Can't wait. Yeah, yep.
2: absolutely. I, I'm like, you know, there's so much to look forward to the rest of the year. And then, of course, 2022 and a few uh, games that we don't have release titles for. But honestly, I'm just like September 2021. I'm, I'm having mm-hmm. to, to just focus right in front of me.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. We've got the PlayStation exclusive Kena Bridge of Spirits on September 21st. I'm into it. Which I'm, I'm always reminded that it's one of the uh, PlayStation exclusives coming up. But I, I, I haven't done the research to actually know much about the game. Could so, be one of
3: the breakout sure. hits
0: yeah, this fall. Yeah, think so.
3: Yeah. Because, I mean, it's gorgeous. Very,
0: course. very pretty. And yeah,
3: it's going to be a PlayStation exclusive if I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah, so, so I kind of retract my little bit about like, oh, you know, it's, they only got Death Stranding. <laughs> well, if this ends up being as good as it looks, this could be a, a really surprise hit.
0: I hope it's good. But speaking of Death Stranding, that's on September 24th. Mm-hmm. Sam, you gonna play it again? I would like to play what they add, so if my save holds and I
1: kind of like hop in there and mess with the jetpacks and the new cars and and that kind of stuff, that'd be good. But I do want to play those new missions, because they look like Metal Gear-inspired missions, and I'm really into that.
0: Yeah, they're interesting. I I only played a few hours of that uh, release, so I should probably give it another chance Uh, on PS5. Lost Judgment is out the same day, though, and I really liked Yakuza Mm -hmm. Like a Dragon. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Kat, I know you're a big fan of just (laughs) Yakuza (laughs) in general. I
3: actually prefer the turn-based vibe, and oh, I like yeah. being with the gangsters and everything. Judgment definitely is a great change of scene, and I like that they're really expanding the formula. But, Damon, you're forgetting the game of the year that's coming out in September, Which Tales is- of Arise.
0: Tales of Arise. Xbox I did, Series XS. I did forget about that indeed. I did not yeah. even
2: know <laughs>
3: what that is. It's a gorgeous JRPG game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the first time since like 2016 that we've seen a new Tales of game, and it. Right. I mean, everything kind of has a little bit of that Genshin impact, Breath of the Wild vibe. This one does too. So, actually, in all seriousness, keep an eye on it.
0: Cool. It looks really good. Yeah. Cool. Uh, getting into October, Far Cry 6 is coming on October 7th, uh, and that's the game I'm definitely going to play. But I, I don't. There's like not a lot to talk about that one. There's another story trailer re- released for it over Gamescom, and it's just like weird. That game was supposed to be out in February, and we kind of know what Far Cry is, so I think you're either on board or not at this point. Also, uh, right. but the day after that is Metroid Dread, mm-hmm. the aforementioned Metroid Dread, which... Yeah. Maybe we'll play that on a, on a Switch with a better screen, too, which would be
1: kind of fun. I have, have it on, an on pre-order. <laughs> you got a pre-order? Yeah. Yep. Nice. Those are hard to nail down.
3: I am such a mark. <laughs> <laughs> it's like prettier screen, want OLED, but in all seriousness, Metroid Dread looks pretty good. And Hopefully. I think that it's, a, it's the end of a saga. We'll see, like, what is the final fate of the Metroids? I guess we'll find out.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, uh, and then uh, Back for Blood is also in October, October 12th. Tina, I know you've been excited for this one.
2: Very much so. And, um, you know, Mitchell previewed it for us fairly recently and, and came away feeling really positive about it because, you know, there's we had this moment where there was going to be a Left for Dead-like with Evolve and it didn't quite take off. Um, you know, I enjoyed playing it at the time, but it didn't have the kind of community to uphold that same kind of experience. But Mitchell seemed to say great things about this one. So, high hopes.
0: Here's hoping. Mm-hmm. Uh, Battlefield 2042 is out October 22nd. I'm not going to play that. I am going to uh, play the You're going that? Game. Okay, I'm glad. I hope, <laughs> I biggest hope question mark
3: to... of the year, though, because Battlefield 5 was not very well received by fans. So this is kind yeah. of a like, can this be mm-hmm. a bounce back mm-hmm. for the series?
0: It's. I mean, now it's Battlefield's turn to not have a campaign, I guess. (laughs) Call of Duty has experimented with that in the past.
3: Campaigns are overrated in these kinds of shooters. Come on.
0: (laughs) I guess so. Um, Mario Party Superstar is October 29th. Sam, you reviewed the last one. I did review the last one, but,
1: uh, you know, they've they've always not had enough content for me, and this one looks like it might change that, so we'll see.
0: Yeah. We're going to burn through these. We're running out of time. There's uh, more, more games to talk about than I thought. Forza Horizon 5, Xbox exclusives on November 9th. Uh, g- going back a couple of days, Call of Duty Vanguard is November 5th. That one does have a campaign this time. I actually mm. think it looks kind of cool. Elder Scrolls 25th Anniversary Edition is November 11th. Uh, Grand Theft fishing. Auto With fishing added. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto 5 for PS5 and Series X is out the same day, November 11th. Dying Light 2 is December 7th. I think some people are excited for that one, apparently. Halo Infinite, of course, is December 8th. Then getting into 2022, Elden Ring. Highly anticipated. Uh, Elden Ring is finally coming January 21st. 2022, seeing mm-hmm. a little bit of that here. Um, in January, early early twenty two is just stacks. Pokemon Legends, is it Arceus? Arceus. Arceus is how it's pronounced.
3: Or Arceus. Nobody knows. Nope. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> back and forth. Just
0: let's punctuate the end of the
1: year and go into, like, you're already starting into 2022. 2022, these first three months, look amazing. I know. I know. Yeah. It's insane.
0: It's February is really the month. Yeah. That's when Horizon Forbidden West is. Uh, February 18th, 25th, the Saints Row, the reboot. March is going to be Marvel's Midnight Suns. Sometime in March. Doesn't have an exact date yet. Then you got Stalker two on april 28th and i think cat has a hot take i do have
3: a hot take i think it's going to be the biggest game of 2022 outside Whoa. of like starfield it's going to be witcher big it's just everything is falling into place it is gorgeous It hits a shooter it has a really good interesting vibe that we've seen in the past the series that have cult hits fan bases on pc moving over to console becoming yeah. like a like day and day console kind of situation right yeah. we saw that with witcher i think this is going to be right.
0: it for stalker all right, we shall see. And then, of course, Starfield, late uh, 2022, November 11th. And that about does it for this very special Gamescom edition of Game Scoop. One quick note before we go Scoop Nation, I have to let you. No, this is, this is it for me. I'm going to be going on paternity leave practically right after we tape this. My wife and I are expecting our second child any day now. And what you're seeing on the screen here is an enactment of what could have happened this week. Uh, I might, at any moment, I might have gotten the call and had to rush off set. So I want to... <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: that's what happens when, you, when it's go time. Definitely want to thank baby Hatfield number two for waiting and letting me, let me finish up all my Game.com taping. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to meet you though. Uh, so I'm going to be out for uh, most of September, but fear not. Uh, I mean, I leave you in the very capable hands of Tina, who will be hosting GameScoop while I'm away. So, uh, everybody, have a great uh, September. Play some really fun games. We'll have lots to talk about when I come back.
1: Yeah.